just kidding. Um, how are you doing? The Christmas in between, um, the Christmas, the Sunday in between Christmas and New Year's is always a fun Sunday because you're never quite sure um, who's really dedicated to attending the church. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, we're so glad to have you here and to celebrate and to worship with us. And hey, if you're a family member or a friend and you're here uh, because of someone else, we're so glad to have you uh, here. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of uh, reflecting here this morning. Um, every Sunday we do a little bit of teaching out of the Bible. And sometimes we send you home with a lot of homework and never give you any class time to do any homework. And so this morning, we're gonna give you a little bit of time to do that. Now, don't worry, there isn't gonna be any exams or anything, but there might be some multiple choice questions that you can answer for yourself and a few other things. But just wanna say welcome. Uh, we're glad to have you here. Now, we're in between two um, uh, series of teaching. We just finished doing uh, the series, which was Case, Case for Christ, which was kind of looking um, like maybe an investigator would look at the evidence uh, for Christmas. And so we got to kind of walk through that together, look at a number of details. And uh, we just finished last week, Chris Drennan was talking about um, kind of the verdict of history. If we, if we go investigating and we find out a bunch of information, if we pull all the data together, that's not enough, but we actually have to make a decision about what we learn. So that's where we've just come from. And in the fall, or in the fall, in the new year, we are launching into a new exciting series for us uh, called Hearing God, and it's about, again, listening to God's voice, reading the Bible, understanding what he would say to us, and then also listening for his still, quiet voice as he speaks to us about different things in our lives. Uh, and so that's going to be uh, great. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. But in the middle here, as we are only moments away from a big New Year's Eve party with Voltage. Anybody out there helping with Voltage? The night of? Anybody night of Voltage helpers? Okay. Uh, then many hands, again, have got us to this point and setting up kind of our, our stage. And you've seen uh, maybe some of the things that have been happening out here in our, our building. Uh, it's, the transformation is not done yet. Um, and it's going to be a very exciting night tomorrow night uh, for Voltage. The New Year's Eve party, the biggest chem-free um, New Year's Eve party in all of Saskatchewan. And... Um, and uh, we host it here, and we're happy to do so. Um, and I'll say a little bit more about that just as we're finishing here this morning, about what you can do to help participate with that. Uh, but let's dive into this uh, week's teaching uh, and a little bit of reflecting that'll come along with it. Um, I'm always mindful at this time of year because the start of something new is a chance for us to reevaluate, to think about where we are at and where we are headed. We're kind of all on some kind of a journey through life, and uh, it's good to pause every once in a while and think about where we're heading. Maybe you've had that experience already, sometimes the holidays. This is a big time of year for us. Uh, Christmas holidays and uh, New Year's is a big celebration for lots of people, kind of regardless of where you're coming from. Uh, but these uh, times... Um, either push us into the more vivid and colorful, bright and beautiful, the wonder of the season, or can actually cause us to move in the opposite direction and all the colors kind of fade to gray. And maybe where you had hope, you might find that you are losing hope and you are um, maybe sinking into a dark cloud maybe in your experience. I'm not sure where you came from, but the holidays, Christmas time, this big time of year with all the expectations, uh, sometimes leads us to that place. And so uh, um, I'm not sure where you're at, uh, but I want to help us 
go forward. Um, New Year's resolutions are a thing this time of year. People think about what they're going to change, what they're going to do differently. Um, but this is a really kind of a bad time of year to do that. Um, a bunch of stats show that if we made New Year's resolutions in August, we'd likely keep them. Whereas if we make them in January, we likely won't. If, especially if they have to do with uh, fitness because it's cold out and who wants to go outside and run around out there? Um, and also, it's cold out there, and I'm sure, I don't know if you've experienced this, but in the wintertime, do you feel like your body just kind of naturally wants to hibernate a little bit, where you want to sleep a little bit more, you want to eat a little bit more fatty foods and those kind of things? Uh, then comes the spring, and we kind of wake up out of our slumber, and we're ready for our life again. Uh, so this is maybe a bad time to make a New Year's resolution, but it's not August, and in fact, the best time to make a change is always in the present. Because the past, you can't change, and the future's, you know, just not here yet. So, uh, as we proceed this morning, we're under that idea. We're going to look at change, and what does that mean for us? Um, last fall, we went through a series called Holy and Whole, and it was about sanctification in the life of a believer, uh, about the process of becoming, as a Christian, more like Jesus, more Christ-like more Christian, um, and uh, it was a series about that kind of process, about taking steps forward, about not just kind of staying in a static place, uh, maybe uh, as you've decided to follow Jesus, that, that doesn't just mean that you've signed up for a ticket to heaven kind of once you pass on, but that actually you're supposed to join him in becoming Christ-like now. Uh, Jesus, when he talked about his kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, he didn't just say, listen, you know, at the end of your life, then we'll talk. He said the kingdom is for right now. And so that process of moving forward is supposed to be happening in our lives. Uh, and so we're going to return uh, a little bit to some of the ideas that we touched on in that series. Uh, so again, if you want um, much more in-depth uh, versions of what we kind of walked through this morning, you can go back and take a listen to that through our podcast and catch a teaching there. Um, during that series, though, we, we used um, a check-in, a health check um, we called it the Hillcrest Health Check, and we looked at, um, uh, again, different ways that we can be healthy, and we kind of repeated that week after week during that series, and we're going to return to that a little bit later uh, this morning. First, though, I'd like to take us to a psalm, a few verses, and I know that the kids are here with us this morning, and I want you especially, if you're here and you're uh, younger, if you're not an adult, if you're younger, to pay attention to this particular part, okay? Very simple for all of us, it's very simple, but especially children, pay attention. Here we go. This is Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24, and it'll be on the screen behind me here. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Now, if you're going to tune out in a few moments because you're tired or you were up too late over the holidays or you had too much, you know, chips and things last night, um, this is the one thing that you should walk away with, hopefully, this morning. Um, and I hopefully won't waste your time with many more words after this, given if this is the true point. But um, in these simple verses, there is a simple prayer. And this is ultimately what I hope we all pray right now. As we are sitting here, uh, and as we consider 
um, being at the end of 2018, 2018, right? Uh, end of 2018, heading towards 2019. I pray that this would be our prayer. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me, know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Okay, I'll make a few comments about these verses. Then we have some more scripture to look at and then I'm gonna lead you through an exercise where I'm gonna get you, get you to think about and answer, if possible, nine questions. Okay, here we go. Very beginning, the psalmist says, search me. See, knowing your heart takes perspective and yours alone is not enough. Uh, years ago, I saw a, a documentary about uh, Michael Jackson. I believe this was actually a documentary that came out before he had passed away. But this filmmaker went in and followed him in, you know, for a number of weeks or months, checking in with him on and off over the uh, course of his life during that period. And uh, there was one particular comment that he made that has uh, stuck with me. Uh, he commented that everyone that was close to Michael Jackson worked for him. And to disagree meant you didn't have a job. He had no one in his life to contradict him or question his thoughts or his actions, which ultimately led to poor, even destructive decisions. Again, these are the comments of the, the filmmaker. Now, you might not have that kind of luxury um, to be paying everyone around you. Um, when you're not someone's boss, you can't fire them. But in our world, all we do is unfriend. There's even a button, I think, that you can do that with now. You can move on, move from group to group of friends until you find a group that won't contradict you or your lifestyle, your thinking, your actions in any way. This actually even happens in churches. I'm certain people have left this church because they were confronted with their thoughts, their thinking, their actions, their behavior. And I'm certain that, that even people have come to this church because they were leaving in those kind of circumstances. Of course, none of those people are here today, right? See, we need people in our lives, we certainly need people in our lives to contradict us every once in a while and uh, uh, challenge our thinking, challenge our behavior. But even the thoughts and the wisdom of humankind is not nearly enough. See, every culture has a prevailing wind. It changes from this to that, but it has a prevailing wind, a certain way of thinking. And it changes over time. What is offensive now was not offensive then. And what was, you know, fine then is not fine now. It changes. These winds blow in a culture. See, a culture that's blinded by hate or by greed, indifference, an overlove of science and technology or independence, or by anything in particular, can't correct you if you are also on that path, if you are blown by the same wind. See, the psalmist goes above these prevailing winds of your friends, your friend group, your family even, your community of faith. He goes above his culture and his country and he says, search me, God. For the psalmist, God is the reference point. 
He knows that his mind is limited in perspective. And he knows that his friends don't have greater perspective than uh, the perspective that he really needs. His culture doesn't. So he goes above it. And he invites God, the one with the design and plan for his life. And he invites him and says, I want you to speak your final word to me on all aspects of who I am in my life, my thinking, my behavior. The heart, search me, God, um, in my heart. Our, our culture tells us to follow our hearts. But the Bible tells us to beware of our hearts. See, the heart can be wicked. It can be deceitful. Our hearts can fool us. Okay, on the idea of uh, fooling yourself and other people, have you done that thing where you were just casually walking along and whatever reason, uh, a stone or a curb or a something or your own feet, you've tripped, and in that moment, uh, you decided to yourself, I'm going to run. Has that happened to you, where you went from walking to now I'm running? I always meant to run. I'm running now. I was walking before, but now I'm running. I didn't trip. I just, in this moment, I chose right now, I'm going to run. Anybody out there, have you done that? Okay, how many of you have seen someone else do that? Were they fooling anyone? Um, I, I've done that so many times where I just, and I just keep running for a very long time. I commit to the run after that happens. But... Are you fooling yourself? Your heart can fool you. Uh, Jesus taught things like murder is the source, uh, or the, uh, the heart is the source for murder, that out of the heart comes things like that, hatred and anger and murder. But the Bible doesn't then teach us that therefore we must lock up or imprison or harden our hearts that won't deal with murder anyway. Instead, we are to soften our hearts and listen to the guidance of the Lord, to guard our hearts, to love God with all of our heart, to have all of our desires fall into place when he becomes our greatest desire. But it's not just our hearts, also our minds. Our patterns of thinking can be, destructive, can be as destructive as our heart's longings. Uh, thoughts are incredibly powerful. Whether wrong or right, they hold an incredible sway in our lives. A single thought and a single moment in our childhood can cripple us or empower us for the rest of our lives. The Bible has much to say about the thought life, about finding renewal and transformation through the word of God, about gaining victory over Satan by knowing the truth. Most often when people are having doubts, they're failing to think. It is through thinking that a Christian strengthens their faith. We must invite God into our hearts and our minds. Is there an offensive way? There are sins we commit and we are well aware that we've done it. And there's also things that we do that we don't understand that are sins. See, every culture, again, has these prevailing winds. They lead us uh, off balance. They, uh, you know, one culture will say, this is okay. At the same time, another culture in the world will say, it's not okay, and that will keep changing as these winds blow. 
Um, and this psalmist again says, know my heart, know my mind, but also search me to know if there's an offensive way. Have I sinned against God and other people knowing it? Have I done that even without knowing it? It's possible. And the psalmist invites God to reveal those things that are even beyond his sight. The final line, he talks about the way everlasting. What is the ultimate pursuit of the psalmist? Ultimately, I think he's after God, and he believes that that is found in the everlasting life that only God can offer. He knows his heart is wicked and deceitful. He knows he has the wrong patterns of thought. He knows he's sinned in ways that are obvious and in ways that aren't obvious to him. He trusts God to lead him into the life everlasting. He trusts in the righteousness of God, not in his own righteousness. And even though he knows that he needs God's righteousness, he's still in pursuit of becoming more like him. With these things in mind, with this very simple prayer, search me, reveal things to me, we're going to take a look at Colossians chapter 3. This is verse 1 through uh, verse 17. And uh, let's stand as we do. May I invite you to stand with me. And I'll read this to you, but I just want you to not fall asleep. That's <laughs> that could happen on a morning like this. Okay, Colossians chapter 3. This is starting uh, verse 3. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. Where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against, one, against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through the psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him.
you can have a seat. Thank you for standing. Now, the psalmist we read from earlier, he prayed a simple prayer. And we hope as Christians that when we pray, God will answer. He will search us and know us and reveal things to us. As we pray, pray a prayer like that one, or another Bible verse, or a word, or a thought, or a picture might come to mind. We have to learn what God is trying to say to us through it. And that takes practice. So if you're new to the idea of hearing God, again, you're in luck. We're going to do a series on it starting next week. But if you're new to it, again, this is the important to keep in mind. Um, make sure that when you're listening to God, if you think he's actually saying something to you, make sure that you're in conversation with somebody else who's another mature believer, who's been walking with Jesus for a while, that they know their Bible well and they can test and see if the scripture uh, is really uh, in support of what you're, you're hearing. So keep that in mind. Okay, now we're gonna do the Hillcrest, Hillcrest Health Check. So this is, this is what it is here. Tim's gonna put it up here, Hillcrest Health Check. So if we go to the next slide, you can see this is where we got the health over here. It's all in red. And then this little statement that we were using uh, last year. So I'm just gonna read this through to you and then we're gonna break it down a little bit. I'm gonna ask you a few questions and have you reflect and ponder and think about them. So, so now this is what we're gonna do. Honest and heartfelt evaluation of what I need to add, what I need to lose, thoughts I need to take captive, truth I need to meditate on, help I need to seek, and the healing I need to receive. I, I've used this on a number of occasions, even after we went through this series, just for my own life, and I think it's suitable for this uh, moment in history uh, when we're turning from one year to another. So honest and heartfelt. Let's, just kind of talk about each little piece. Um, dishonest evaluation serves no good purpose. Uh, human beings perhaps are no more creative when they are justifying themselves, or covering up their mistakes and failings, like the, the person who trips and then runs. You know, we get very creative in those moments. Will you be honest? We're so good at finding ways to spin what's really going on into something that appears to give us more credit than we deserve. The thing is, we don't just do this to try and fool other people. Again, we're guilty of doing this to fool ourselves. If we are to see any growth, any lasting change, we must first be honest about where we're at. Okay, here's question one. Am I willing to be honest about where I'm at? So here's a few categories and a few ideas. You can look at these and reflect on these. And I'm going to give you a little bit of time, so there might be a little bit of awkward si a silence here, but uh, stay with me as we continue. So am I willing to be honest about where I'm at? Even as I've been talking about change, perhaps something has already come to mind. And maybe it's come to mind and you're like, yeah, I need to get on that. Something else has maybe come up and you thought, oh, no, 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 no. So spiritually, where are you at? If you're a Christian, how are you doing with uh, Bible reading, uh, prayer, regular worship, corporate and private? 
serving, what about sharing your faith? Are you ready to be honest about some of those things? Emotionally, are you positive, peaceful, joyful? Are you somebody who celebrates? Physically, are you eating well? Are you staying active? Uh, financially, are you generous, living simple, um, you know, not lavish lives? Are you saving? Are you planning? Maybe work or school. Are you being diligent, respectful, honoring the Lord as if all of your efforts are going towards him? Okay, let's talk about being heartfelt. Beyond being honest, we must also be heartfelt in our evaluation. If your evaluation isn't heartfelt, you will never really do the hard work or go deep enough to find lasting change. You will find symptoms, but not the disease. You will never get to the root and have the courage to dig it out. So we have to be heartfelt. You can't go too quick through something like this. Perhaps this exercise will be one that you'll have to return to over the next few hours, or the next few days, or weeks. Here's question two. Like the psalmist, is your starting point God and his truth, or is it someone or, some, someone or something else? Maybe you might answer, I'm not sure what my starting point is. Can I challenge you to find an answer for that? Maybe it might be, I tend to trust my family and friends more than what the Bible says. Maybe you might answer, I trust God has revealed his truth in the Bible and believe it should be the guide in every aspect of my life. Maybe you've got another thing you would answer there. Okay, question three. We'll move through the first few uh, more quickly than some of the later ones. Am I willing to be tender-hearted to God's revelation of the things I need to change? Am I willing to be tender-hearted to God's revelation of things I need to change? One of the strongest warnings that there is in the scripture, in the Bible, is do not harden your heart. So again, you might answer, I'm not sure where I stand with God. I'm, I'm just here because he, he brought me. Maybe you might actually respond this way and say, I know God wants me to change. I know what it is that he wants me to change. I'm just not ready. You might respond, I know God wants me to change. And even though it will be difficult, I'm ready. Or you might respond, I'm open to God but I'm not sure I know what he wants me to do. Maybe there's something else that you would put in there in answer to that question. Okay, on this one we're gonna take a little bit more time. So if you have a piece of paper, you're welcome to journal or pull out your phone and be ready to write something down. Perhaps God will say something to you in this moment and you don't wanna forget about it. So some of you might have a great memory and are able to just kind of sit and process, that's, that's fine. But if you are somebody who takes notes, you probably brought notes. Uh, uh, let's go through this one. 
Are there things I need to add to my life in 2019? I'll give you a moment to think. Makes this your heart's prayer. Again, not just me asking you questions, but would you ask these questions of God? Are there things I need to add to my life in 2019? What was the first thing that came to your mind as you started thinking about things to add? Be careful not to disregard a thought too quickly. Instead, ask God a follow-up question and see if it goes anywhere. Sometimes a picture comes to mind, a Bible verse, sometimes a song comes to mind, sometimes you're just imagining someone or some place or something. If that comes to mind as you're just sitting there waiting for him to speak, don't disregard that thought. No, that was just me. That was stupid. Be careful not to disregard too quickly, but ask a follow-up question. Say, God, what, is it? what am I supposed to do with that? What does that mean? What am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to call that person, email that person? What am I supposed to do there? You know, this place, what does that have to do? What's the significance there? What are you trying to say? Ask a follow-up question. Again, in, in doing an exercise like this, always be mindful. If there's some kind of action step that you have in mind from something that came, you know, came up, is it something that the Bible would support? You know, again, check that with mature believers around you. Ask them questions. As we were praying, this is what came to mind. This is what I was thinking. I'm wondering if God is trying to lead me into this for 2019. Now, I've been in this kind of same kind of situation that you're now in where someone was trying to lead, lead you through an exercise and asking you questions and you're just kind of sat there with a blank <laughs> slate, nothing coming to mind. You can use Colossians chapter 3 as a good starting place of things to add. We read, clothe yourself with compassion. That's one that you can't go wrong with. You don't have to ask your friends if that's a good idea or a bad idea. That's clear in scripture. Clothe yourself, put that on, add that to 2019. And the person that you are walking into 2019, clothe yourself with compassion. Clothe yourself with kindness. Clothe yourself with humility. Clothe yourself with gentleness and with patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Put on love, which binds all these things together in perfect unity. Okay, we're going to keep moving. 
And again, remember, when you're adding things, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Here we go, question five. Are there things I need to lose, are there things I need to lose, stop, or get rid of before I head into 2019? I'll give you a moment again, just pray that heart's prayer. Lord, is there anything that I need to lose, to stop, to get rid of? It might be good things that you just need to let go of. It might be things you already just know you should stop. What was one of the first things that came to your mind as you started to think about that? And be careful not to disregard it, but try to keep the conversation going with God. Ask him more questions. What am I supposed to do about that? How am I supposed to do that? Again, if you had a blank, again, returning to Colossians 3 is a good exercise for you maybe this week. You know, we read things like put to death it sounds like stopping or getting rid of. Put to death whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Again, idolatry, even the word uh, lust, sometimes we don't understand in our context in English because we only associate that with um, something that is sexual. But this word lust is an over-desire for anything which leads you to idolatry. It's replacing God as number one and putting something else in that place. Maybe you've put family in that place. Maybe you've put uh, your career or work in that place. I'm not sure what it is that you maybe have, um, have an over-desire for that you constantly go back to and meditate on and think about and it's become something that's growing in your heart. You can see that it's becoming more than a healthy thing. It's becoming an idolatry for you. Um, rid yourself of these things. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you've taken off your old self and its practices. Okay, again, the Lord might be adding things to your list of things that you can leave behind in 2019, things that you need to deal with to go forward in your, in your life. Okay, here's question six, and again, I'll give you a little bit of time on this one. Thank you for being patient with me and participating in this way. Question six, are there thoughts I need to take captive? Have you been worrying about something rather than praying about that thing. Uh, sometimes we get stuck in a loop, repeating a thought over and over and over again. It kind of just gets caught in the loop, running over and over and over again in your mind, and it's an unhealthy thing. Something like worry, where you kind of just repeat the thought over and over again, though it could be applied to a number of other kind of categories of thought. Again, I don't, I'm not sure exactly where you're at specifically. 
Is there a negative idea that you have about yourself? Is there a negative idea that you have about somebody else? Friend, family member, coworker, boss, your teacher. If you have, again, write it down, note it. What is it? What came up? What did the Lord say? What was one of the first things that came to your mind? You can return to that um, later today or later this week. Okay, question seven. Is there a certain Bible verse or a Bible book that I should study? Is there a biblical truth I need to think more about, to meditate on? Maybe a a book I should read that would help me to do those things. Maybe it's the Gospels. Maybe the Psalms, Proverbs. Maybe you're going to look more into what hope really means. What joy should look like for the life of a Christian. Maybe healing. Maybe heaven. Is there something that you should be meditating on, thinking about? truth that you should be soaking in. Again, from Colossians, here's a few things that we should keep our minds on, to think about, to meditate on. For a Christian, since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Maybe you need to meditate on this. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace. Maybe gratitude should be your meditation. Be thankful. This fall we went through our series, Gospel Fluency. We wanted to get better at knowing the gospel and speaking the gospel to our own hearts and lives, but also to our uh, fellow believers, and then also to those who don't know anything about Christianity. Maybe this will be your meditation. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. As you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through the psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. I'll invite the worship team to come back now. We have two more questions, but I'll invite them to come back so they can be ready to lead us. Question eight. Is there someone I need to talk to in order to get help? Maybe right away when I said in in the opening remarks, we're going to talk about change, you said, I know what it is already. I just don't know what to do about it. Maybe it's someone that you need to talk to. 
as you're praying, who is it? Maybe God will reveal that person. Maybe it's just a friend or a family member. Maybe it's speaking to one of the pastors or other staff people here at the church. Uh, maybe it's just connecting with your uh, life group and having an open, honest conversation. Is there someone you need to talk to in order to get help? This is uh, our final question. And again, thank you for walking through that and being patient. I hope that you were able to dig in a little bit. And again, I hope you return to this idea later today or this week as you think about heading into 2019. The last question is this. Is there healing that you need? Help and healing, I think, very well go together. Maybe you actually have a physical need here. Maybe you're suffering in your body somehow or are here representing somebody, another family member, friend that is going through something. Uh, again, like the end of all of our uh, services, we would love to make this a place of prayer where you could pray with somebody. Maybe it's a physical need. Maybe it's an emotional need, something else um, where you have been hurt by somebody, a situation, whatever it is. It might be recent. It might be ancient. Maybe you have a hurt. Uh, and this morning, uh, God would like to heal you. So as we end, we'll close our time together um, in doing this evaluation. Uh, the worship team is going to lead us in one more song and our, our prayer teams will be available and again you can pray with um, friends and family right where you are if something has come up uh, this morning um, but again if there is a healing you want to receive please do come forward we want to pray for you um, I have just a couple of things that I'll mention again there wasn't a bulletin that went out so um, make sure you check in online on our Facebook page if you want to know what's happening uh, over the next little bit. Uh, those details will be there online on the Facebook page. Um, Voltage, again, um, tune in there if you can. Uh, at the end of our service, as you leave here, you can go and explore the building a little bit. And as you do, would you go and pray as you go, as you walk through all of the different rooms? And uh, there's going to be, again, lots going on. And uh, pray for all of the volunteers. Pray for all, uh, every um, student who will be here. Um, pray for Joe and his staff and team, everyone, uh, and just cover this place in prayer. Um, so do that. Uh, again, some of you uh, give your offering uh, through the debit machine. I don't know if it's available out there in the foyer. It might be available in the office. Uh, so we'll make sure that that's available to you if you want to do that as well. Um, so let me close in prayer and then the worship team will lead us. And then again, if you want to stay here and pray, you're welcome to do that. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, uh, we thank you that you offer us power to change. Uh, that truly there is no greater power to change than um, you, than what you have done through your son on the cross, that you came in our place and died, that you have gained victory over death and sickness and darkness, all that we would face. Our own brokenness is conquered in the cross. And so we, we come to you in this moment uh, in between uh, years and we say, Father, would you help us? Would you help us to be honest and heartfelt about where we're at 
in the process of change, of growing uh, spiritually. Father, help us to know as we go forward what we need to add to our lives that's missing, to lose the things that we need to just leave behind. Help us to go through that process in a healthy way. Uh, Father, for these questions that we've asked and as people have been thinking and reflecting on them, I pray that you would give everyone a very clear next step of obedience, that as you lead them, they would be able to go forward and feel like they could be confident in what you are inviting them to, uh, even though we know that it's one step at a time. Help us all to enjoy a great new year. Uh, we want to bless uh, Joe's place and Voltage. Um, thank you, Father in heaven. Amen. So again, why don't you stand? The worship team is going to lead us. And then if you want to stay and pray, you're welcome to do that. If not, um, happy new year. And we'll see you all again in a week.